If you want to support the show, you can go to mwpnews.com support, where you can pick up my latest book, Succession Planning, and all my other books that have previously been released on Kindle for only $2.99 each. Thank you. Good morning, and happy Monday. Welcome to the Backlog Files. I am Adam. I'm in an unenviable position this week, because I like to record these in advance and, and have, you know, and not be backlogged, and, and have a nice little, you know, room of padding, so that way I can, what's it called, that I'm not forgetting shit. Um, and, and we have an episode every week. Um, and what we have today is Pokemon Gold and Silver. Now, you're wondering why we're doing this on Monday instead of on Tuesday, that's because tomorrow is the Pokemon Presents, and it's Pokemon Day, which means they're going to be announcing all their new shit for the next year. Uh, which means at the end of this episode, on top of talking about Pokemon Gold and Silver, which we're going to talk about today anyway, we're going to talk about what we think is going to happen in this presentation, and what cool things we think are going to come out of it. Um, then tomorrow, on the day of our regularly scheduled episode, I will have an episode in which I talk about what was announced, and what I'm excited for, and what I'm not excited for. Um, so let's go to Gold and Silver. Gold and Silver was the launch of Generation 2 of Pokemon. Um, and Generation, this is the beginning of the the, te- the Generation terminology, where they introduce new Pokemon, introduce new mechanics, introduce, you know, a new region, all that stuff that kind of sets apart, you know, each time we do this. And each time it feels like a technical upgrade, um, each time we do it, and each one has its own kind of unique art style. Um, which keep that in mind as, as, as leaks happen. So, one of the things that I'm really kind of interested in with this game, and, and it's one of those things that keeps me going back to it, is how well, I mean, how, how much better it looks than Generation 1. I don't think it's the best looking generation. I think the best looking generation is going to be Generation 3, and I, I don't think that's ever going to change for me. But, I think they did such a good job here of laying out what this world feels like and 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 looks like. It looks like it's the we're we're starting to get stylization where the world's like each region has its own unique look and feel. Um, where Johto felt very generic kind of JRPG, um, where it's like we have a forest, we have caves, we have water, we have all this shit, like. And that's good, don't get me wrong, like that, like that is more than enjoyable. But here we start getting this idea of like, well, Johto feels more, it feels different. And it feels like it's laid out in a way that makes it kind of, uh, you know, feel like it's its own little, like not bottle, but it does feel different um, enough from, from Kanto. Um, it's set two years after Red and Blue, so you do get some changes once you get to Kanto to what the world is. And, and how that works, which is kind of cool. Um, and then it's like, it, this is one of those games that came out in 2000, 2000, yeah, 2000, it came out. And I remember getting it and playing through the main story. And then you you beat the Elite Four, and then it's like, oh, now you go to Kanto. And then you go and you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, And then you're like, you're back in Vermilion City. And it's like, oh shit, and now we're back, we're going to play through the, the gyms from the first two games again. Like, and then that fight against Red at the top of Mount Silver is iconic at this point. Um, 
I think this is also the first time that we get, like, in Red and Blue, there was some working in of Mew and Mewtwo into the narrative, but by and large, there is no narrative for uh, Articuno, Moltres, and, and Zapdos. There is some lore that goes in, if you watch the anime, because I think that it's tied to Lugia being, like, the quote-unquote master of the trio um, from, from Pokemon the Movie 2000, which is kind of cool. But then you also get this idea of, like, the, you know... Having this, you know, we, yes, you know, Suicune, Entei, and, and Raikou don't have a ton of lore here, but there, there is at least a little bit tying the, you know, Ho-Oh and Lugia into the narrative a little bit, um, which is kind of cool as well. Like, you get you get a chance to, um, to, to, to have that in the story and not just be like, oh, and this is a really powerful thing you can capture. Uh, we haven't quite reached the point like we do in Gen 3 where we're dealing with monsters that are gods. Like, these are just, you know, really strong Pokemon, which is kind of cool. Um, and the designs are great. Like, I love Ho-Oh and Lugia's design. Um, and I think there's a lot of things that happen really well. There are some disappointments. Um, I, I'm, I wasn't fond of the fact at the time or even, you know, to this day that there's no Safari Zone. Um... I think that there is uh, a level curve that's not great, and there's no great way to level up, which on the one hand is good because it does require you to, you know, put thought into who you have on your team, and it does require you to, to think about type advantages a little bit more. You can't just power up and just plow on through in the way you could in prior and, and succeeding games, um, which is kind of interesting, and it's kind of a, a unique way to to play this as a as its own thing. Um, on the other hand, um, there is also the the imp- like the the clock and the day night cycle um, is cool, but I don't think that the game was designed to be able to do this to the degree that it does because it runs out of battery very quickly in a way that Red and Blue doesn't. Um, where the battery in red and blue is to keep the save file active. The the battery in this is designed to keep that, plus also keep track of the date and time. And because that's constantly being kept track of, um, it is it, it wears the battery out a lot quicker. Um, which is something else that, you know, maybe was it worth it? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, the, the visual aesthetic that goes with it is really cool. Um, but I digress on that. Uh, the introduction of hold items was an excellent idea, um, and it, it is the first time we get a an expansion, a depth expansion in this uh, series to to make the game feel not more real but more you know competitive and and add a level of depth to the combat. And the same goes for breeding mechanics, with the idea that you can you know you can breed your Pokemon and you can have them learn new moves based on breeding you know Pokemon of different breeds of different you know uh, species. As long as the females, whatever it is, if the, if the male has a move that you want, it will pass down as an egg move, which is kind of cool. It also does help with the, you know, the the training and and genetic. It, it, very quickly, Pokemon becomes a eugenic simulator. Uh, unfortunately, for 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 you know competitive players, um, who are who are trying to play online ranked multiplayer. Um, although this doesn't really count. This is you know, gold and silver, which it didn't have online. Um, Obviously. What else was there about this? Um, yeah, I think aging the story was great, because it's like, it makes everything feel kind of a little bit different, but not really. Uh, bringing back Team Rocket was a great idea. Um, 
because it does give you this sense of, you know, this is a, you know, this is the future. Things went poorly for them, and now they're going to try to reclaim. They have a motivation um, more than they did in the first one, which is kind of cool. Um, and uh, what else have I got? Yeah, I, I, it's one of those things where it's like the, the breeding thing is just so weird because it's like, oh, so Professor Elm is going to be an expert on Pokemon breeding. It's like, all right, cool, he's going to be an expert on Pokemon breeding. He didn't know Pokemon were born from eggs until he got the egg from Professor Oak, and it's like, this guy, the professor, like, what the fuck is going on here? So, regardless, it is what it is. Um, this is a, I, I think that if I were to say to someone who wanted to get their kid into playing Pokemon, or if, or if I had knew someone who was like, I want to play Pokemon for the first time, um, or I want to play Pokemon, I want to get to know their roots, I would probably start them here, and not with Red and Blue. Because this game does feel more modern, and it is the first time we get a modern Pokemon game. It's kind of like if you were to look at a genre, a game that spun out of something else. If if you were playing the first spin-off instead of playing the, um, you know, the actual first game, that might not be the best way to do it. Here, this is the place where I would say start them out. Um, start them here and then move on to the next thing. Um, but as for the ranking... Okay, so our ranking... Our current ranking is as follows. Uh... Fuck, where is it? Here it is. Uh, number eight, we have Hey You, Pikachu. Number seven, we have Pokemon Pinball. Number six, we have Pokemon Puzzle Challenge and Pokemon Puzzle League. Number five, we have The Trading. Number four, we have Red and Blue. Number three, we have Stadium. Number two, we have Snap. Number one, we have Yellow. I'm going to put this above Yellow. This is our new number one, Pokemon Gold and Silver. Um, yeah. I, I think that it does a great job of expanding what we had. And, and making it feel new, unique, and then also while still feeling very much like the original. Um, and the art's just so great in this game. Um, and it ages so well. Uh, as pix I mean, pixel art will always age well. Um, but we will, you know, we will see how that comes down the line with other games. Um, but, that's not all we got for today. Let's talk about the Pokemon Presents. So, I talked about this before. I don't think we're getting Gen 10 until 2026. Um, I think if the Pokemon Company is smart, they're going to try to line up Generation 10 with the major release of, um, what's it called, of, of the 30th anniversary. They're going to want it to come out there, and, and I get that. Um, so the question is, what happens in 2024, what happens in 2025? And I think the answer to that is, one year we get a Let's Go, one year we get a Legends, um, or a straight-up remake, and a Legends. Um, I would have said Let's Go if Pokemon Go was still going as strong as it was when we got the first Let's Go, which, unfortunately, it's not. Pokemon Go does not have the user base that it used to. It does not have the cultural impact that it used to. So I don't think doing Let's Go is a great way to do that. Otherwise, I would have said we get Let's Go Johto. I think if we get a Let's Go game, um, I, I think if we get, we're, we, we're going to get probably two mainline games in this announcement. I think we're going to get a, a Unova, and I think we're going to get a, um, a, re, a remake. I think the Unova one is going to be the A-Team game. Because I don't think that you, like, I, here, here's the thing that's making me think that. When you go through and play Scarlet and Violet... The Unova Pokédex is the one that has 
the most holes. The most Pokemon that don't make it into the into the Switch ecosystem and playable between any of the games we've had so far. The most by far is in what's it called? It, it's in that era, that that black and white era. And the reason for that is, I think they are planning to do Unova big, and I think we're going to get that from the A team. Um, and that's going to be, you know, I think that. Of the two, um, between, like, Legends and between, um, what's it called? Between Legends and between, you know, I guess a straight-up remake. I think that, and and between the two eras I think we're going to be dealing with, we're going to be dealing with either Gen 2 or Gen 5. The one that makes the most sense for a Legends is black and white. Because I don't think we've done enough exploring of Unova's lore and the weird lore around Kyrum and, um, and Zekrom and Reshiram that it makes it, it puts it in a place where it's like, we can do some exploration here. We can look at what else is going on and we can, we can tell the story of the original dragon, um, and the origins of Team Plasma and all of these cool things. Not Team Plasma, Team Galactic. Um, in a way that, like, you can't... No, it was Plasma. Galactic was Gen 4. I was right the first time. Team Plasma. Um, and I think that that is one of the things that, like, it opens that up in that way. I don't think there's enough in the lore of Gen 2 to be like, we need to revisit this in this way. Um, and I think, too, it's like Legends Arceus worked. Because Legends Arceus is a, you know... Or Arceus is... He is a god. He's a literal god of a Pokemon. So to explore the backstory here and to get into the, you know, Gen 4 is where we get, like, the god of time, the god of, you know, the god of distortion, the god of space, and all of these Pokemon that have these giant macro abilities. Um, I don't think you quite have verse versus realism or ideals versus truth or whatever the fuck it was. Um, well, at the same time, it's like, you don't have anything resembling that when it comes to Lugia and Ho-Oh, and then, you know, the, the relevant Pokemon to that. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, if you're going to explore this, there's more fertile ground there. So if they're going to do Legends, I think we're going to get Legends Kyrum, if we're going to get anything. If we're going to get a remake, I think we get Gen 2 as a remake. And and for that, I think this kind of lines up where it's like we get the Gen 2 remakes this year, and then we get Legends next year. Um, actually, no, reverse that. I think we get Legends this year, remake next year. That way they have a full two-year development cycle on whatever Gen 10 is. Um, and I think even that is one of those things where when this game comes out, Legends, if this is the case we end up in a place where Legends doesn't feel quite right, and we're like, well, why did this happen? And it's like, well, you know, the reason why that happened is because, you know, a lot of it's just cut and paste from from there. I don't think the Pokemon Company is going to be in a position where they're putting out a great game. And there's also the possibility that we just don't get a release this year at all. And they put it to next year, and it becomes not a launch title, but that first launch window title for the Switch 2. Um... Because I've heard a report that maybe the Switch 2 doesn't come out this year. If the Switch 2 doesn't come out this year, maybe they delay it to next year. And then it ends up in that launch window. Who knows? We'll see how that plays out. Um, but I think this is as good a place as any to wrap up for today. Um, I would also like to see Trozy come back. I would also like to see Pinball come back. 
Um, and the thing I'm really looking for in this presentation is information about Switch Online, um, Game Boy, and, and Game Boy Advance, where we get Gens 1, 2, and 3 available for, for us to, you know, to play. Like, that's what I want. Give me that. Um, I don't even care if it's compatible with, with Home. I'll take just being able to play the games again online. Um, and make it, you know, give me... Like, that's, I think, the big thing is that I think the Game Boy Advance library is lacking. If they came in and they were like, by the way, on the 19th, on the anniversary of, of Ruby and Sapphire, Ruby and Sapphire will be fully playable on Switch Online. Boom. Great. That'll drive subscriptions. But we'll wrap things up for today. And until tomorrow, have a great rest of your week.